This podcast is not intended to provide any investment advice. The opinions expressed here by either the hosts or guests do not necessarily reflect the views of PSA, Collectors Holdings, or any of their affiliates. Any discussion of collectible values in the past or present is not a guarantee of future performance. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the PSA Pod. We got a full house today. Ryan Green, Jack Archer, Steve Sloan, Chris McGill. And today's episode, boys, it's all SGA, Shea Gilgis-Alexander. We're going to talk the core score here in a little bit, but we're going to get into it with cards. A little bit of a fun and different way, Jack. We're debuting a an entirely new segment called Hit Draft. And if you're familiar with breaks on Instagram, whatnot, loop, etc., you're very, very in the know with what this is. But if not, I'll quickly explain it. Essentially, a hit draft is when you you open a box of products, the order is randomized by the amount of people that were that purchase into the break, and then they do a draft. The person who gets the first pick gets to choose which card they want from the break first, and so forth. It's really fun to watch, and it's a, it's a really great way to break, and it's going to be exciting to take that format and apply it to a number of cards that we hand-selected around the same price. So as we mentioned, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, the young star guard for the Oklahoma City Thunder, incredibly relevant right now because he's off to a torrid start to this NBA season. And with that, a lot of people are getting a little bit more interested in his cards. He was part of that loaded 2018 rookie class. He was a little bit forgotten about for a bit, but it seems like those days are numbered. Jack, run th- before we get to the draft order, what are the cards we've got here in the spread today? We got eight cards. We got lots of good stuff. His Prism Rookie Blue Ice at a 99 PSA 10. His Select Rookie Zebra Courtside PSA 10. His Prism Mosaic Gold out of 10 and a PSA 10. A Flawless Vertical Patch Auto PSA 6 from 2018. 2018 Contenders Optic PSA 10. But not, not just one of those, you get two of those. So they're packaged together. What's great about this is that this card is a pop two in PSA 10 conditions. You have Mm. the entire pop of all PSA 10s of this specific card. 2018 Prism Silver PSA 10, you get five of those. So a big stack of cards. Those go for around $500 a piece currently. Uh, A 2018 Immaculate Gold Premium Patch out of 10. This is raw. So condition with this product is always a little questionable. So I wouldn't expect the PSA 10, but definitely something you want to submit and grade and get in case authenticated and have a grade on it. Last but not least is 2018 Select Green Concourse. This is out of five and a PSA 10. This also sells for the same amount as the other cards and package cards that we just laid out. I'm hyped. I got swept up. I'm going to admit I was not an SGA guy early. (laughs) And then we started researching for this pod and like, I've already bought two cards. So Excuse me out there. I, I just am way too influenced by the hype. <laughs> so you're more emotionally invested in this hit draft than any of us. I am. I actually have my eyes on two cards on this list and hoping they fall to me because I learned that I'm the fourth pick out of four. Come on. That. <laughs> so our order, we're going to have a two-round snake draft. Jack's going to be picking first. This was randomized. Chris will be picking second. Myself, I'm picking third. And then, Steve, you got the back-to-back fourth and fifth picks. And then we go back in the same order. I'll make the most of it. Just like fantasy football, I got this. <laughs> Can I trade my pick? I can't decide between two <laughs> guards. And I have a feeling Chris is eyeing both of them. And I almost just want to let him go first. 
and then I'll take the second because I, I frankly I just can't decide. It's like the, the having the top the the number two pick in the NBA draft, right? Yeah, it usually works out pretty decently. Yeah. Whether you're the Supersonics or 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 Memphis potentially, we'll exactly. see. Well, I'm gonna veto you trading because I want to see what you pick. Gosh. Okay, so. <laughs> I, I really like the Prism Mosaic cards. I own the Color Match Tatum 2017 rookie. I own the Luca Color Match 2018 rookie. I don't really love the photo in it for Shea, but it is gold. It is out of 10. It is PSA 10. So I, I feel like I need to pick it. But emotionally, I'm going to go with the select Zebra Courtside oh, PSA 10. Killing me. Probably not like the best investment. Probably, probably not like the savviest move, but visually, this card pops unlike anything other. I enjoy big game hunting. I'm someone who loves the tiger parallels. I even like the elephant parallels, the dragon, an optic. Like, I'm a big fan of all this stuff. I know some hobbyists don't like it, but the 2018 Select Zebra Courtside for me in a PSA 10 case is my choice. Ooh. You really dragged it out too to just like hurt Steve and twist the knife. He, he was, he he was hurting. <laughs> so the zebra courted. court the zebra court side is off the board chris who are you taking at number two wow that was a plot twist there at the end jack i'm gonna go with one that's also a personal favorite of mine it's the 2018 select green concourse <laughs> out of five psa 10 I, I am not a huge select guy but i love 2018 concourse if any player that i like pops up in the 2018 select concourse set whether it's football whether it's basketball i'm gonna pick up that card and you know what else i like about this card it's the rarest card of mm. all eight so i'm going with the 2018 select green out of five psa 10 baby good choice so i did not expect that to go off that high um but i'm gonna stick i'm probably gonna get dragged a little bit here for going away from the gold that's on the board but I have become such a massive stand for Panini's Blue Ice Prisms. I'm going to go number three overall with the 2018 Prism Blue Ice out of 99 PSA 10. Because if I'm buying this just strictly to hold in my collection and, and have to take out and look at over the years, that's the one I want. And It might be there again. It would have maybe still been there when I picked number six, but I want to lock it in now because that's the one I want. Okay. All right. You guys broke my heart. I'm... I think behind the scenes here, you guys know that I'm I'm trying to build the 2018 Select Courtside Rainbow, and so you intentionally <laughs> took away the tens for the zebra and the green. I actually, own the zebra and the nine, so I, I can't be that sad, I guess, about it. But I'm gonna go with the a little bit of a cornering the market with the 2018 Contenders Optic Auto to get both to own the entire PSA 10 pop. You know, maybe I'll flip the second one for something that fits my courtside PC. Uh, so I'm going to go there. And then this is another one. This is about me being focused. I'm going to go with the silver prisms because I like the idea of having just kind of the base silver prism as a, as an item in my collection and then using the other four to try to build more towards my set of my courtside rainbow. So for me, it's about moving on from these cards and using them as assets to upgrade my, my, my set of my PC. Wow. You know? It's important to know the 2018 Shea Silver Prism cards. Yeah, a lot lower pop than than Luca and Trey. Uh -huh. There is some there uh -huh. is some uh, damage issues with that. So a lot less PSA tens in the pop report. And you spoke like the true Shea collector here, in that you're thinking like you're doing the 4D chess. Like you're thinking three steps down the road of I want to take those five now 
I can keep one and move Is he allowed to be a true Shea collector? He's a Shea collector as of like four days ago. Well, he's, a, he's more know. of a Shea collector than any of the rest of us. Exactly. This is true. So this you guys need true. to show some respect over <laughs> here. <In this. laughs> I've done hours and hours of research over the course of a day. 72 hours. <laughs> so I'm, I'm back on the board, and I guess now I can't pass on the mosaic gold. I'd kick myself now if I left it here at number six for one of you two. I'm going to take the 2018 Prism Mosaic Gold PSA 10. I'm shocked that it lasted. As long I am as it too. Did, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I basically took it because I, I have to. So Chris, what are you going to leave for, for, for Jack at the end? We got basically a pair of RPAs here. Well, I was hoping against hope that you would have left that mosaic gold <laughs> somehow. It would have still been on the board, but since it's not, I'm going to, and it's really interesting too, Flawless and Immaculate are the two highest end products of these eight cards in the hit draft, and they're going to be the last two to go. I'm going to go with Flawless. 2018 Flawless Vertical Patch Autograph. It's already graded at PSA 6, which pleases me. These are tough to grade at these thick cards. PSA, you know, to get a PSA 6 is a perfectly fine grade. I love the way this card looks. The patches are beautiful. Give me the Flawless Vertical. That leaves me last pick. I got the 2018 Immaculate Gold Premium Patch out of 10 raw. Obviously going to get it graded through PSA. I, I really like Immaculate. Personally, I like it better for football, and I can't really explain why. However, I love the Giannis Immaculate rookies. I think they're beautiful cards, and I definitely can feel this has a place in my collection. So I, I'm, I'm very happy about this. I, I Frankly, I thought I was going to be stuck with the, either the Prism Silvers Maybe the blue ice, uh, something like that. So I'm very happy this fell to me. All right. I, I enjoyed that. Yeah, that was I, fun. I think everybody kind of got something they were looking for out of it. I wish this was like actually happening. I we, know. We own these cards now. That'd now be, I really want that blue ice. <laughs> it hurts. But uh, yeah, this is, I think the overall point here though, uh, Jack, you brought up something really interesting, especially around those prism silvers is that, you know, the PSA pop, is very low on those, but in a lot of ways, like a lot, a lot of things with his cards have remained under the radar because of that rookie class he was a part of. And now more and more collectors are really seeing it. Yeah. I mean, Luca was just the biggest thing in the hobby really since his debut and Trey young has, has, has been, you know, a special player in a lot of ways since then too. And, and they've really kind of swallowed up that entire class. And there's, you know, really interesting things with the shake cards. Like he's missing the RC badge on his on, on his prism cards, for example. The population, as we noted, and in a lot of ways, because of how big Luca and Trey are in the hobby, it makes Shea cards really, really sneaky in terms of pricing, especially in especially compared to a lot of his contemporaries. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk more about Shea from a collectability standpoint here after we take a quick break as we dive into the core score. We'll be right back. Hey everyone, I'm John and I work in the marketing department here at PSA. I wanted to remind you all about our modern sports card bulk grading special, which is going on until the end of November. If you are ripping wax of any new releases this holiday season, or actively collecting any current players like I do, this is the perfect time to get your collection graded by PSA at this limited time pricing. Me? I'm a big Chargers fan. 
and I collect Keenan Allen. Plus, I'm a huge F1 guy and I'm constantly adding to my collection. I'll definitely be taking advantage of this special to get some of my favorite cards in PSA slabs. The maximum declared value with this special is $199 per card with a 10 card minimum per order. And a reminder, this special is exclusive to Collectors Club members. So visit psacard.com join to become a member today. Okay, now that we talked about the cards a little bit, let's talk a little bit more about the player and the collectability. We're getting into the core score. Going to jump in the algorithm and talk about Shea Gilgis-Alexander. As we mentioned, one of the hottest players in the league here through the first quarter-ish of the season. At the time of this recording, averaging 31 points, 6 assists, almost 5 rebounds a game, clearly playing at an all-NBA level. So now it's time to take a look. Does the collectability match the productivity and we're going to jump right in and start with our first metric winning so we had two for winning which some listeners might be thinking a little high for someone on a team that's been tanking for several years but his rookie year on the clippers playoff experience he started in playoff games his rookie year his second year is when chris paul was on the thunder also playoff experience Plus, he had the Chris Paul school of basketball, which I think mm-hmm. is great for any player to 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 attend. And so I, I think he gets a few points for winning. Two felt fair to me. That's where we're at right now. Yeah, I know we don't typically want to look too far out into the future and project in this. But I think if you look into the immediate future, last week we were looking back into what went into the trade when he ended up going from the Clippers to Oklahoma City. And Oklahoma City didn't just get Shea Gilgis-Alexander in exchange for Paul George going back to L.A. They got a whole batch of picks, and some of them are still coming into play. They still have a 2023 first-round pick coming. They still have a 2023 first-round pick swap, a 2024 first-rounder, 2025 first-round pick swap, and a 2026 first-rounder all coming along with an all-NBA player. So I think you can safely say that you can project out that Oklahoma City is going to use these assets right, and they're going to build a winner around Shea Gilgis-Alexander, and you can feel confident saying he's going to be a winner for years to come. And you trust Presti not to trade him? I trust Presti to do what's right for the Thunder. (laughs) And I I have to assume that that has SGA taken into account. So we're going to go with a 2 on the negative 10 through positive 10 scale for winning. All right, next up, let's talk market. This is an interesting one. We we had this conversation with Zion in New Orleans. Oklahoma City, as a market for a budding superstar, how are we going to score it, guys? Yeah, we gave Zion a zero, but we ended up giving SGA a minus five. And, you know, I think I'm, I actually want to argue against the minus five. I want to take a position of zero. I think unlike baseball, the market matters less in basketball just because of the marketability of the sport, the highlight reels, the fact that stars can transcend markets much more readily because of how visible they are. I'm using team merchandise as a proxy for cards in this, in this argument. There are two U.S. metropolitan areas that rank outside the top 40 in population in the United States but inside the top 10 in NBA merchandise sales. And I think you guys could probably guess what those two low small markets are that score so well in merchandise sales based on the players that drive the, those sales. I won't keep you guys on a cliffhanger. It's it's Memphis at number 43, obviously Ja, 
and it's Milwaukee at number 40, which is Giannis. And so if you had to guess where OKC ranks, it's right in between. It's at number 42 overall, mm-hmm. largest metropolitan area in the United States. So I think that because of his star power, that he can probably push into the top 10 in NBA jersey sales as an example. And, and as a proxy, card collectors wouldn't penalize him too much because they didn't do it for KD. They didn't do it for Russ to a lesser extent. So I think there's, there's upside there. I'm, I'm happy to leave it at minus five just to prove you guys wrong, though. I mean, you're right in a lot of ways. Milwaukee, not necessarily the sexiest place ever, but Giannis cards very much are. So I, I suppose the same thing could be applied to Oklahoma City. It is a, a young franchise, even though it's technically the Seattle Supersonics. It being the Oklahoma City Thunders is it, just slightly over a decade old. There's not a lot of heritage there. There's not, there's not banners hanging from the rafters. Those things are all knocks for me, but I love their uniforms. I'm a big fan of the orange and blue, and that kind of helps out with market a little bit, I do say so. So I'm not I'm not too angry at your score there. I like his jersey too because it wraps all the way around his number. It's like <laughs> an arch around it. It's, it's perfect. You're right. Jersey sales, if the jersey looks cool, it's going to sell anywhere, right? And the player matches. In some ways, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think the score we landed on, there's still a little bit of prove it in there yeah i just don't think we should penalize his collectability for okc i don't think okc is a negative draw on his collectability at this point it the counter argument i suppose is well he had he was a forgotten person out of that out of that draft mm. more so to do with probably this play the clippers market i would say is a negative because the the lakers cast such a big shadow in los angeles but eh, let's see let's see if it improves because uh, again of course we can revisit this yep into 2023 so he's at negative five for right now. Yeah. But very much could change even in a matter of a couple months. All right, next up, this is a fun one. It's always a fun one to talk about. The cool factor, because this definitely plays in when it comes to collectability. Yeah, I mean, Shea's ridiculously cool. Like, he he just, he has this, like, sense about him, which, he, like, the way that he carries himself and the way that he, he walks. And he's really deep into the fashion world, too, which you know, might be uncool for some people, but for me, I think, I think it's, I think it's interesting when athletes sort of transcend their, their sport and become someone who is looked up to not necessarily for their athletic ability, but for other things that they're interested in, whether it's like filmmaking or, or in, in Shay's case, fashion. I, I looked on GQ.com, typed in his name 975 times. They've mentioned that guy in various articles, which is crazy. Not only that, in 2022, GQ voted him the most stylish professional athlete of the year. Uh, I think I think those things add up to his cool factor. I think they add up to his celebrity too, which we'll talk about later. Definitely pretty high for me. We had him down as a nine. Might be too high. Maybe like a seven feels feels closer. But there is there's certainly plenty of cool when it comes to Shea Gildas Alexander. Yeah, he's already on the NBA's All Hyphen team which is incredible. He joins the ranks of uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Carl Anthony Ta- uh, Towns, Sharif Abdul-Rahim. Like, there's some good names on there, but he already made it, which to me, it's like, hey, that's cool. All hyphen team. I think just kind of like in the NFL where like the seniors and the juniors are being added to the back of the jersey, if you don't have a hyphen in the NBA now, like, who are you? What are you even doing? Like, figure it out. Add a, add a, a name in there. So the nine is earned. I, I think so. Hold those Nikhil Alexander Walker cards, people. <laughs> a, a lot of pretenders out there. You just got to know who, who they are. All right, next up, we're going to jump into fan loyalty. Where is SGA scoring here? All right, I'm going to go somewhere very specific with this, and it's going to relate to 
a different player that I collect, but I'm going to tie it in. So one player I collect is Nikola Jokic, and the loyalty that the Denver Nuggets fans have for this guy, despite their teams not being amazing, they did make a Western Conference Finals run a few years ago in the bubble, but the teams have not been amazing, but because Jokic puts up amazing stats night in and night out, and because he's won two MVPs, the loyalty that this fan base has towards Jokic because of the pride and the prestige that he conveys upon the Nuggets as an organization has these got these fans in Denver very loyal to him. I don't think SGA is anywhere near there yet, but I'll tell you this, 31 points, six rebounds, and five assists on 53-39-91 shooting splits has never been done before. Plus, Shea Gilgis-Alexander is averaging 3.2 stocks. That's steals and blocks combined per game. Unfortunately, there's like five other players this season who are having equally impressive MVP caliber seasons. But to be doing this at the age of 24, which is just you know on the periphery of entering into his physical MVP winning prime years, Shea Gilgis-Alexander likely will be an MVP candidate going forward if he maintains the level of production that he's done through 16 games so far this year. I think he can. I think that bodes very well for fan loyalty. When players establish themselves as top five caliber talent, fan loyalty skyrockets. So I know for fan loyalty, we ultimately gave him a score of zero, and that's going to come down to a lot of other factors as well that we'll discuss here, but I want to put out there a strong counter-argument and say I think fan loyalty has a very positive potential arc, similar to what Steve had to say about his potential market. Yeah, and the rationale for the zero was some of the swirl around his name right now with the trade rumors, the fact that he came over, wasn't a homegrown talent, came over in the Paul George chase as as Ryan outlined. So that that's where we kind of, we just kind of wait and see right now for it. But I will say I wanted to ask you guys, as it relates to the prior trio in OKC and what has happened with the legacies of Kevin Durant, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, those – I'm not an OKC fan, so I can't answer the question. I'm not sure if any of you guys can either, but because of KD's exit, for example, going and chasing a title elsewhere, if SGA delivers a title to OKC, a small market where fans are rabid for their team, does that put him in just an entrenched level of of loyalty that we haven't seen with any other OKC player in the past? I think so, but that's a really big what if in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. I mean, the way I'm looking at it is that if, if, if he was traded for a boatload of picks like the Knicks or whatever team, are the Oklahoma City fans going to be devastated or are they going to be like looking forward to more tanking? We have all these picks. We have this bright future. He was going to leave anyways. Like, where are we going to resign him? And I think some fans would be pretty excited about whatever haul they get back for him. Mm-hmm rather than disappointed that they're going to be kind of in like the potential playing zone with him playing the way that he's doing. That's a great way of putting it. And, you know, you mentioned Steve earlier, he has some potential for he's building a fan base like outside of Oklahoma city too. In the meantime. Yeah. It's crazy. After he hit the game winning shot against the wizards, he's run, running off the court to, through the concourse into the, into the locker room area. The fans are chanting MVP MVP. But if you recall that, game against the Wizards wasn't played in OKC. It was played in Washington. So he has fan base appreciation outside of the confines of Oklahoma. So that's that's really 
interesting thing to see and watch as it relates from a collectability standpoint because people want his cards nation- nationwide versus just in his market. If I may chime in briefly as well, I agree that I'm not sure the Oklahoma City fans are over the moon about Shea Gilders Alexander at this time. But if Victor Wembanyama were to average at any point during his first four seasons or his first five even, 31-6-5 on 50-40-90 shooting, those fans would be absolutely thrilled. So basically, I think the take that I'm conveying here is why tank for Victor Wembanyama or why make a trade to try and draft a player like Victor when you have a top five current NBA talent? a guy who Kevin Pelton on Zach Lowe's podcast has as his number four candidate for MVP right now. NBA.com's MVP ladder has Shea at number seven. Why would you trade to try and get a player who could possibly become that when you already have one right now? That's way too rational, Chris. Way too <laughs> rational. So, so overall, we landed at a zero here, and I think we're pretty fair with where we are. I can't wait to revisit this in June. <laughs> <laughs> next up this kind of ties in with cool factor that we discussed earlier but uh, jack let's talk about his celebrity score yeah i mean he's a he's a brand ambassador for levi's in a very small group he like i mentioned earlier his his influence in like the style and fashion world gq's most stylish professional athlete of 2022 all of those things help his celebrity but he's very far from a household name incredibly far even in like the sports world if you're a casual basketball fan you might not be immensely familiar with the name Shea Gildas Alexander I think there's a long ways to go we had him at four just because he has everything you want in someone who's going to be a superstar but he's not quite there yet so four seems pretty fair he's definitely on the rise in that category has a lot of really good things working for him that again can kind of transcend that market when my mom knows how to pronounce his name, I think he'll have made it. It's <laughs> a great way to score it here for athletes in, small, <laughs> in smaller uh, markets. I like that. For now, let's just go with SGA. That works. I would love for my mom to try to tackle how to pronounce Giannis's name in yeah. full. <laughs> well, we were talking about it earlier. Giannis is the litmus test for NBA knowledge. If you can tell instantly by the way someone pronounces Giannis's name and mm-hmm. they know real, real NBA. Next up. We're going to talk career arc. Where are we going to score him here? You know, Jack, you mentioned earlier some early playoff experience. He's part of a, he's a core piece of a really promising young franchise. The career arc looks pretty good. The bright future thunder. He's 24 years old. He's, he's not even really in his prime. I think most like MVP caliber winners, it's like around like 27 when they win their first championship. Mm-hmm. I believe Giannis was 27 when he won his first championship. Kobe was around that age as well. So he's got, a, he's got some runway. And the Thunder appear that they're going to be pretty good in the next year to two, if not earlier than that. So I think there's a lot to look forward to when it comes to his career arc. He's really young. He's already doing some spectacular things. He's going to get better. His team is going to get better. There's a lot to look forward to if you're a Shea Gilders Alexander collector. Chris, where are you seeing him stacking up, not just with what the, you know, with what the Thunder are building, but also in comparison to some other young superstars in that same age range? Set aside all of Oklahoma City's draft capital, even though we know they have it. Set it to the side. 
they still aren't playing with last year's number two pick, Chet Holmgren, who arguably, conceivably, should be Shea Gilgis Alexander's running mate and should instantly be one of the second, maybe second, maybe the third best player on that team. And that's saying something considering Josh Giddy, considering Lugans Dort, considering that that roster has a lot of talent that's still finding its way, finding its chemistry, finding its ability to work together. Now, we've seen some pretty impressive fireworks from young stars, in particular from the 2018 draft class. Trey Young has already been to an Eastern Conference Finals. Luka Doncic has already been to a Western Conference Finals. The West is pretty open this year. The West probably will be pretty open in the forthcoming years. There is a path. It's not likely. I don't want to say anything that sounds incredulous here or ridiculous. It's, 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 there is a path, though, for a team like the Thunder or for a team that is just maybe one or two pieces away, maybe a Chet Holmgren away, from making some noise, from maybe sneaking past a playoff series or two. Other 2018 young stars have done it. I think the Thunder could do it potentially as well with just another piece or two. I think the career arc, I think the potential trajectory here, if things stay in place, is pretty good. We had it in eight, which is very strong career arc. Really, what we're looking at is trying to measure ability to and runway to win a championship. There's plenty of time left at age 24. There's big names that have won after that age. LeBron, Steph, Jordan, Durant, Shaq, Wilt, Dirk, KG. The list goes on and on. There's just big, big names. So I think, yeah, obviously eight is a very fair score. All right, next up, probably our favorite one to discuss, the cards. I mean, who wants to kick us off here? Because we could talk forever about his cards. We already did some at the top of the at the top of the episode. I'm still bitter about the draft, so I'm going to defer. Chris, go for it. All right. Well, 2018. What a great year for sports cards. What a great year for basketball cards in particular. It was before the Zion mania. Even though 2018 draft classes turned out to have some incredible superstar caliber talent. Panini could not have possibly known that. So I think the production runs for 2018 are probably lower than in the years that followed, which bodes well for cards on the whole. It has been pointed out astutely by Jack and others on this podcast that there are some idiosyncrasies to Shea Gilgis Alexander's cards in particular that make them even more appealing. So for one, the condition sensitivity of his prism cards. I remember pulling these prism cards and them all having the same indent on the front. His PSA 10 silver has a population of only 528 compared to population of 2,000 range for Luca. There's there's four Luca prison silver PSA 10s for every one Shea. That scarcity, I think, tends to play out well over time. Now, on the other hand, some of the idiosyncrasies are not so desirable. So Shea's prism card is missing its rookie badge, which just stinks there's no other way to put that it's just unfortunate really wish it would have been on there and you know that the fact that it's in the Clippers uniform I know we've kicked around this topic before I personally don't like that I I really prefer when a player is it can have the the consistency the continuity of one jersey for as long as possible when you have situations like a Giannis or like a Dirk where they're doing it all in the same uniform for the same city and you can collect that player's rookie year cards, even if they're from years and years ago, and it's still the same uniform that they're wearing today. There's something appealing about that, and unfortunately, Shea does not have that. So that's a little bit of a mixed bag. But 
for me, the thing that carries the day is that 2018 was such a tremendous year for products, whether it's top shelf stuff like National Treasures and Flawless and Immaculate, or whether it's, you know, the, the absolutely iconic Optichrome products like Prism and like Optic and like Select. There is so much to choose from. There's so much to like about Shea Gilders Alexander's rookie card offering. 2018 is a great year, but he does get docked a few points, unfortunately, because of the missing RC logo. Yeah, I can. I don't want to be a negative collector, but picking some nits here over his Prism card, I just feel like he's very far away. Like I, I like, I prefer the select because he's in action versus the the photo shoot. And I just feel like, yeah, he's just like he's. Oh, he, maybe it's okay because he's out of the three point line shooting that shot on his Prism card. But I'd prefer it to be a little bit more. I don't know, uh, close. Uh, that's again a personal preference thing. But look at across the the products for your personal favorite, whether it's Prism, Panini, Donruss, Optic, obviously the same design there, or or Select. Select I like because it has three options. I love his Optic rookie card. I love mm-hmm. all the 2018 Optic rookie yep. cards. It's, he's got that nice big rated rookie badge. It's got the photo shoot classic photo, but it's got the Optichrome, so it has that real shine to it. This is a really, really nice card. There was a checkerboard parallel, PSA 10, up for auction recently, was watching it, didn't bid on it, but man, was I tempted. It's a beautiful card. So we scored him a six. And I think basically given all the pros and cons, I feel like that's pretty fair. I think we landed in a good spot there. All right. We got a few to kind of lump together here because they're pretty self-explanatory. Jack, in terms of his position, this one's an easy one to score. Kind of like a hybrid point guard, shooting guard now. 10, easy. In terms of his reputation, pretty neutral. Not too much positive, not too much negative to really, you know, affect anything either way. We scored him at a zero, net neutral there. And then his injury risk. This is an interesting one because, you know, same position as John Morant, who we scored with with a very high injury risk. But SGA doesn't quite play above the rim the same way. You know, he, he's obviously can be a little prone to injury here because of the position he plays, but not he's not really putting himself up there at too much risk. I actually think in the rare case, this is actually where collectors might be rooting for an injury, at least this year, because of the drafts <laughs> position that the OKC <laughs> could get, right? I mean, the, the team's not going anywhere this year. If he's not on the court, they're going to be probably the bottom team in the league, potentially. And that sets them up for future success next year. So as long as it's not a serious injury, there's not a whole lot of downside to injury risk this year. I think that's what might be hurting his prices in some ways because there's no FOMO because nobody really thinks like the Thunder are going to surprise everybody and make a giant run. Yeah. Most collectors and NBA fans think that they're going to find some phantom injury, shut them down so they can lose more games and get a higher draft pick. And because of that, I think this is the, like everyone wants to buy Shea cards, but they're, they're kind of like just waiting for the right moment because it feels like there's going to be a better moment in the near future. And that's kind of how it's been for the last several years. Do you think that affects well, Jack? No, go ahead, Chris. Well, Jack, if I may put an asterisk on your comments, I think they're largely true. But also, five days ago, somebody paid $87,000 for a Shea Gilgis Alexander card, a National Treasures Emerald RPA out of five. Wow. So I think there's a little bit, of, there's at least a little bit of FOMO going on. That was Shea's highest selling card all time by almost a factor of two. Wow. Let me ask you this about the injury risk. 
to we scored him a three here. Do you think it works against him that collectors are wondering? You know, we talked about his quote unquote injuries last year because obviously they're being strategic with the way they manage their roster. Do you think people are worried about the same thing, getting in on his cards and he sits 20 mystery games at the end of this season? Yeah, it's just he's hot now, and then the Thunder are going to go into tank mode, and his cards are going to cool off and be a little less interesting when everyone has focus on the players that are going to make a playoff run Mm -hmm. that year and the upcoming rookie class with the two big stars at the top of the draft. All right, so we're going to stick at a three there. And to round it all out, we renamed this category. It was Highlights, but now we've called it Highlights and Talent Mojo. I love that name. Jack, Jack, you came up with it. Let's let's dive into his highlights of Talent Mojo. Where do you where do you see him at there? I mean, he's not the high flying John Morant dunk artist mm-hmm. type player. He's very smooth, very very deliberate, very fun to watch, but not necessarily flashy in how he plays the game. Uh, so, in terms of highlights, I, I personally think it's kind of low. I know he's had some clutch big shots of late. But I think it's I think it's probably lower than than people would people would expect, but in terms of talent mojo, like the sky's the limit with this kid. Mm-hmm. Really, really special player. And I think that balances things out. We had him at a five, but I think that's, I think that's up to, up to debate. We scored him at a five. I'm, I'm a little higher on him because I've, I really love players that have that clutch gene and have a highlight reel filled with buzzer beaters. Like it was one of, I was never a huge Kobe fan, but that was one of the things I always respected about Kobe was that at the end of the game, the ball was in his hands and he delivered and I get made fun for fun of for it on this show, but it's the reason I'm a big Damian Lillard fan. He he has made a career of hitting those big clutch shots in impossible situations. So I kind of like that so early in his career, SGA is delivered on that front. Yeah, he's proven that. I would extend it to beyond the final buzzer to his interviews as well. He's a great interview. He gives mm-hmm. thoughtful responses, honest responses. It's clear that he really wants to win in his responses that he gives to reporters. So I think from a highlight factor, yeah, you're going to get a lot of step back threes. You're going to get a little, a lot of slashing, but with that, you're going to get game winning shots, which delivers on the highlight box for me. Hey guys, before we wrap up another episode of the PSA pod, I wanted to take a quick second to remind you that one thing we always welcome here on the show is your feedback. Whether this means leaving us a review on the show, hitting us up on any of our social platforms at PSA card with comments or questions you want answered on the show, commenting on our YouTube, anything. We want to hear from you, the community. Don't worry. I promise you we have thick skin. But hearing from you guys in any form is what helps us consistently tweak things on our end to make this show better and more useful for you, the collector. You're coming here for authentic hobby talk straight from the leading third-party authentication and grading company in the hobby, and that's what we want to deliver. Again, thick skin, I promise. So fire away because we always want to hear from you. All right. So you've heard the category by category scores. Totaled it up. We've got our weighted categories, which are winning, market, highlights, talent, mojo, fan loyalty, cards, and position. Total of 60 averaged out to a core score for SGA of 5.45. So how does that compare to Zion? So Zion... Totaled at a 44 and scored at a four. So he's 1.45 ahead of Zion right now. And just as a reminder, the pinnacle of core score from the guys we've done so far, that's Kobe. Kobe's like in another 
atmosphere. He was uh, at like 14 or something. 14.89. So basically like an unachievable for right now mark for any current athlete. But SGA at 5.45, what do you think? What's your what's your impression? Yeah, I'm looking at it compared to our JAW score, which we did at nine. Mm-hmm. And three factors jump out to me. We gave JAW a tens for cool factor, highlight slash mojo, and fan loyalty. And those are big differences, at least on the fan loyalty and, and highlights versus SGA's respective five and, and zero scores. But it matters. Like that's my, I think with collectors, Jaws a homegrown talent. He's going to be there for the foreseeable future. There's no questions around that. And he is, a, he plays above the rim in, in, in highlight ways that just create such a mass awareness as to his name. So I think it's still fair. I am surprised though that he scored above Zion just given the hobby love for that that Williamson has. Yeah, I'm curious what you think, Chris. Does this show you that Shea is undervalued or that the core score algorithm might need some additional tweaking or that the hobby prices for Zion are just like overcooked right now? Maybe it's a little bit of all three, but I think this also speaks to the you know the the temporary nature of a core score and how it can change and evolve if we ran the same analysis on zion and sga in three months we could have different results we could have inverted results even zion might be ahead if we ran this three months ago i'm quite certain zion would have been ahead shea gilders alexander has played 16 games of mvp level basketball and if that was reversed with Zion. And if it was Zion who was playing MVP level basketball for 16 games, and it was Shea who was still nursing some injury issues and was emerging as maybe the second or the third leading scorer on his team through 16 games, we would probably have different results. I think this speaks to the temporary nature of a core score. It can change, it's dynamic, but I have to say right now, I think it's right. I think Shea is, when it comes to collectability over replacement a tick or two ahead of Zion at this time. And just as a reminder, as we mentioned, these can change over time. We will revisit all of these on active players at the end of the 2022-2023 season. But for now, that's where Shea Gilgis-Alexander checks in, a 5.45. Who knows how that could change over the next few months? Yeah, I got to get working on selling those prism cards I got out of the hit draft. I think I got to time this right. Time to make some big moves. Yeah. (laughs) Well, Well, there are no prism cards, people. I don't have any. This is a made-up thing. We're going to go back to the drawing board, though, and see who we want to bring into the core score next that we can influence you with and get you to spend some money on cards. Virtual trading. Yes. (laughs) So we'll be back again next week with more here on the PSA pod. Thank you to everyone for listening. We'll talk to you next week.